This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grinded Podcast. Welcome! <laughs> Today we're going to start Mark chapter 7, and we're going to talk about tradition! Tradition! <laughs> if you didn't catch that, that's the Fiddler on the Roof from 1971. Tradition! And it starts out with that awesome song about tradition, because in Mark chapter 7... Mark introduces us, well, not really introduces us, but he tells us about the Pharisees and some religious leaders who come to Jesus. And they're not coming to Jesus because they want to know more about him or get to know him. They're coming to start some trouble. What? And that trouble is all about tradition. Tradition. (laughs) But before we get into tradition, why don't you pray? Lord, you are a God that reveals Wait, are you secrets. Wait, are you praying a tradition? No. Out of tradition? I'm reading and praying from prayers that rout demons and break curses. Instead of praying what might be my traditional Ah, you're prayer, breaking tradition. I am breaking tradition. Oh, okay. Go ahead. But you just broke into my prayer time. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's, it's all good. All right. Lord, you are a God that reveals secrets. Reveal your secrets unto us. Reveal to me the secret and deep things. Let me understand things that are kept secret from the foundation of the world. Let the seals be broken from your word. Let me understand and have revelation of your will and purpose for my life. Give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and let the eyes of my understanding be enlightened. Father, we want to know your word, and through that, we want to know you more intimately. So we ask you to open our understanding as we dig into the scriptures tonight. Thank you. Thank you that your promise is that when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, that we will be filled, that we shall be filled. Mm. We hunger and we thirst to know you. Not to know the traditions of man, but to know the God of heaven and earth, the creator of the universe, the Alpha and the Omega, to make yourself known to us as we seek your face. In the name of Yeshua, amen. I just had a thought while you were praying. Jesus said he, he came to cause division. I can't remember what verse it is, what gospel he said that in. One way to do that is to break people's traditions. Because mm. you, you can go, we'll talk about this more about in the podcast later, but because we're going to bring up some old church traditions. Mm. You go against those church traditions and people smell get upset. That? <laughs> it's, it's the smell of burning cows. <laughs> do you smell that? No. Oh. <laughs> they get upset pretty quick. <clears throat> Sacred cows. <laughs> Sacred cows. <clears throat> but in the fiddler on the roof, I don't know. I can't remember. What's the guy's name that's singing? You said it earlier, but I can't remember what you said. I don't remember. Tevi, I think. Yeah. Tevi is the, the main character. Okay. He talks about how uh, to keep balance, uh, they have a lot of traditions. And um, that word balance means to bring or to hold an equilibrium or to poise. 
So to, to keep a balance, they don't want to rock the boat, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're in a boat, you don't want to, you know, you're out there and me and Miranda was out on the pond when I was living up on top of the world. And I was like, don't move because the boat rocks. Mm-hmm. You know, keep the boat steady. You don't want to flip over or anything you like that. Keep it. You got to keep a good balance, right? Mm-hmm. Keep the weight in the right parts. So you don't want to capsize. Don't want right. to capsize. And so you want to keep balance. And so he says that they do all these traditions to keep the balance. And he says that we sleep, we eat, we work, uh, we uh, learn how to wear our clothes, we keep our heads covered, we wear a prayer shawl to show our constant devotion to God. That's some of, the, of their mm-hmm. traditions. And he says, how did they get started? I don't know, but it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, everybody knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Mm-hmm. And so, getting off the fiddler of the roof, I was thinking, <clears throat> what traditions get us closer to God, if any? Because that's what the Pharisees were all about, traditions. Mm. And that's what Jesus is going to chastise them for, one of many things he's going to chastise them for. But he's really going to hit them over the head in, in Mark chapter 7. Um, so were you asking a question or you were just saying? Yeah, yeah if you want to answer it. Um, for myself, I have tried to cultivate a lifestyle where I read Word in the morning. Now, lately I've been listening to it more on, on YouTube videos than I have been sitting down. But um, throughout my children's lives, and one is 17 and one is 18, you know, they have traditionally <laughs> awakened to find me reading Word. And so that was part of my tradition. And when I was homeschooling them, that was the first thing that we did was we read, we, we're going to read Word first. Right. You know, um, because we're going to give God the first part of the day. And, um, and so there are some traditions like that. That are good. That, right, that are beneficial that are good for us, that are um, worth worth keeping. <laughs> yeah, sure. And other traditions that are... Right, right. Well, I mean, like, for me, I don't start off reading the Word because I get up so early. And I can't focus that early. And so I, my, my alone time with God is my 45-minute drive to work. Mm-hmm. And that's my, like I said, it would be my tradition. That's my prayer time and, you know, and my listening time, my quiet time. But then when I get home and take a nap or whatever, later on in the evening, I, I pop open the, the Word and read mm-hmm. it and jot notes down and things like that, prepare for podcasts and sermons that I'm not preaching for two more months, but yet I'm revising it for the third time today. <laughs> you know. But Mark chapter 7, he starts off his reader's uh, telling his readers about some Pharisees and teachers of religious law that are arriving from Jerusalem uh, or to Jerusalem to see Jesus. And they're not there to make friends with Jesus. They're there to try to trap him like they always do and just start up some trouble. So Shelby's going to read verses 2 through 5 and we'll get into this. Go ahead, Shelby. Not verse 1? Well, you can read verse 1 if you want to. 1 through 5. 
Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the traditions of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, Why don't you, why don't your disciples live according to the traditions of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? Two main words that was repeated there over and over ceremonies and traditions. <clears throat> Under Judaism, which was the, the Jewish religion before Jesus came along, right? Um, they used what they call the Talmud, which is made up of the Torah, which is the law, and the Mishnah and the Gemara, right? Is that how you say that, Gemara? Uh, the Mishnah is basically is a collection, of, and this is the Torah in a nutshell, very simplistic. It's way deeper than this. But the Mishnah is a collection of original uh, oral laws supplementing scriptural laws. And the Gemara is a collection of commentaries, kind of like we have commentaries, you know. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, the Gemara is a collection of commentaries on and uh, elaborations of the Mishnah, uh, which in the Talmud is reproduced in a juxtaposition to the Gemara. I remember what um, my Greek teacher said about commentaries. He said, I don't want to know what man said, I want to know what God said. Mm -hmm. He didn't like commentaries, by the way. Um, these religious leaders, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they, they, they haven't always been around. They're, like During this time period, they're kind of newish. Not really new, but they haven't been around too long. Um, probably in the last four to five hundred years, they come along. Because they started back when the Babylonian um, Nebuchadnezzar came in wiped out Israel or Jerusalem, burnt the temple, destroyed the temple, killed a lot of people, mm -hmm. took a lot of people back into Babylonian captivity. They didn't have a place to worship. I mean, the place where God came and visited the people was gone. The mm -hmm. place where the, the Ark of the Covenant, where God's presence resided, right. yeah, is gone. They have nothing. And so the synagogues started popping up in their 70 years of captivity. And then out of that, uh, came the Pharisees and the Sadducees and and those those religious leaders. Um, just real quickly, the difference between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You know what it is? One believed in the resurrection. Pharisees one did not. Yeah, Pharisees believed in the resurrection. Sadducees didn't. Paul used that to his advantage at one point in the Book of Acts. Right. When when he resurrection. Yeah. That's why I'm on trial. Yeah. 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 Um, Watch them all fight amongst themselves. Yeah. But both groups had their traditions. And mm -hmm. the Pharisees tried to enforce their traditions instead of God's law. Like they would take their interpretations of God's laws. Because they had an interpretation for all of them. Mm -hmm. And they would try to take their... Uh, well, they did. They didn't try to. They actually did take their traditions and how they interpreted God's law and made them really stronger than God's law. Mm. They their their uh, oral traditions or whatever their interpretations usurped God's law, and that's what Jesus is really going to slam them for here um, in a few minutes. Um, 
because they're hung up on the disciples eating with cooties on their hands. Right. They, they didn't wash their hands before they eat. They just started eating. And from a modern day standpoint, we see the practical wisdom of that, right? You mean every time you go to the bathroom, they have that sign on the wall that says, employees Please must wash, wash your hands? hands. Right. The customers and, don't have to wash their hands, just the employees. And or. <laughs> That's what the sign says. Okay. They, they can't regulate the customers, but they can regulate the employees. But, you know, in general, you know, we tend to wash our hands before we eat a meal. Right. Sanitary. Right? So that we are not ingesting a bunch of germs. They didn't know about germs. Back then, yeah. they didn't know about bacteria and viruses and all that kind of stuff. But, you know. But God did. Right. God did, and he gave them some some traditions that were beneficial. And some laws that were really beneficial. Right. Yeah. Um, like the food laws. So, so they were doing what had been handed down to them, had been passed on to them. Uh, we, can, we can see the, the wisdom in that. Yeah, yeah but we can also see the policy in it, right. like your ham story that you were telling. The traditions has been passed on that didn't make no sense. Right. Why do we do the things that we do? Right. Do I need to tell that now? Yeah. Tell okay. the ham story. So, um, this young lady was fixing a ham, and she cut off the tip of it before she put it in the oven. Her daughter asked. Mama, why do you why do you cut off the tip of the the ham? I don't know. My mom just always did that. Okay, she goes to the grandma and says, "Granny, why do you always cut off the tip of the ham before you put it in the oven?" I don't know. My mom always did that. Well, go to Great Granny and ask. So go to Great Granny and ask, and Granny said, "Oh." It's because my my wood stove was only this big. And if I didn't cut off the tip of the ham, it wouldn't fit in the stove. And now our ovens are big, so there's no use to cutting off the tip. Right. And we have pans that are bigger. We have access to things that can accommodate something that's larger. But because of the tradition Mm -hmm. that had been handed down in this family, they they didn't even know why. They just cut the tip off because well, that's you, what Granny used to don't do. Don't you know how much that ham tasted better when, when they cut the tip off? <laughs> hey, we do the same thing in churches today. Really? Oh, yeah. Do tell. Oh, well, I'll give you one. So when I was in Bible college, right, at Freed Hardeman University in Henderson, uh, Henderson, Tennessee, West Tennessee, um, <clears throat> we was in class one day, and we were talking about stuff like this. And these guys was talking about this church where... They, they built a building, and they didn't have enough money. They were they would save up money, add on to the building, save up money, add on to the building. They didn't want to borrow any money. And so they built the walls, and they put their roof on, but they didn't have money for windows. But they went ahead and started having church services in this building. Well, since they didn't have any windows, flies were coming in, right? Mm-hmm. And the flies were getting in the, the grape juice and in the bread and stuff like that. So they started covering it up, mm-hmm. covering up the Lord's Supper table. Until they took it, and then they would cover it back up, and they were done. Well, eventually, they got enough money to, to put windows in, right? But they kept covering up the Lord's Supper table. Well, one Sunday, this guy's like, why are we continuing to cover up the Lord's Supper table? We can just take this sheet off 
and you know just expose the element you know just expose the the, the juice and the and the bread we don't have flies anymore that that mm-hmm. you know we have windows so that there's it's not an issue and and people in the congregation just pitched a, a big cow i mean just had a big fit over it no that's got to be covered up and so they had to keep covering it up even though it was it was not necessary it was just anymore. a functional thing to it begin was, with yeah it was a functional thing tradition We've always done it that way. Tradition. Tradition. Um, but we, you know, we still do the same thing in churches today. Like every Sunday, when people come and they sit down, where do they sit in the same place they sit mm. for the past fifteen years. Mm-hmm. And like Shelby was saying a while ago, that you know people get upset over that. And you're in my seat. You need to move. Right, and I brought up the fact that in a lot of really old churches antique churches uh, churches from colonial america often um if if it was a wealthy family then they would uh put out the money for their box or their pew for their family to sit in and And there was a nameplate right that said this belongs this area belongs to this family they still do that so churches today in most churches that i've been in that doesn't exist any longer um, unless you're in some colonial areas where you where they still have active congregations in those churches but but we do it even without a nameplate yeah right oh, yeah, oh, that yeah. we gravitate towards the place and we are people of everybody habit. knows that's where I sit we are people of habit so we tend to like oh I like this I don't want the front row but I don't want the back row or I want to be the back row Baptist I mean or the back row. <laughs> Um, you know, um, or I would, I always say, I want to be in the splash zone. Put me up front. <laughs> in the spit zone. <laughs> yeah. I want to, I want to be wherever the Holy Ghost is falling. Put me there. <laughs> so so I, I was raised Baptist for 19 years. And one, one of the traditions we have is you didn't change the church service. You sang a song, open song. You did the greeting. You sang two or three songs. You know, they had a Bible reading or the preacher got preached and you had the just as I am as an invitation song just about every Sunday. <laughs> All six versions. All six verses. Right? How many was this long? I don't know that. <laughs> uh, wonder what song we're doing today. Just as I am. Because why? Tradition. Right. What we always did. But but not not picking on Baptists. But um, you know, I, I was at, uh, I was in the churches of Christ, Christian churches for a, a long time. You know, I preached there for many years, and I was in a worship team that won for eight years. And the service never, as far as I remember, it never deviated. Right. And I grew up in the Episcopal Church. And and then I went to some Catholic services and then non-denominational. And often whatever the order of service was or the liturgy, that was how things typically ran. Yeah. Now, as we were discussing this earlier, I was saying that some of the non-denominational churches that I have been in have been a little more flexible with that they still have a general hey here's our general order of service but if holy spirit goes this way we want to go with him right you know if holy spirit directs for us to go that way and for us not to have worship time or not to have you know um a a sermon because we're going to worship the entire time or whatever then then we tend to be a little more flexible but but it's it's not just the denominational churches that have a liturgy or an order of service right. or a tradition because even the 
non-denominational or non-traditional can still have traditions. Mm-hmm. Um, um, when I was pastoring full-time, just to try to break up the mundaneness of it all and the traditions or whatever in the order of the service, I would move the, the communion service from sometimes to the beginning, sometimes the middle, sometimes the end. It would just, you mm-hmm. know, people get up and out of shape. But I told you all the story about the, the lady that made the bread. Mm-hmm. I mean, she would make it week after week. And as the very first church I preached at, I won't tell you where it was at, but the very first church, when I, I graduated Bible college on December 13th, we were there on December 14th, and I was preaching on the 15th. And uh, so this this lady makes the bread, and like the second or third week I was there, I did the communion. And Jesus now, Jesus, he took the bread, prayed, gave, gave thanks, broke right? it, passed it out. Well, I took the bread, broke it, passed it out, and then prayed. Well, I didn't think nothing about it, right? I just never even entered my mind. And this lady comes walking, the, the lady that makes the bread. She, I think she's passed away now. But uh, she comes walking down the aisle, and I was like, she's going to come welcome me, you know, new preacher, tell me, you know, maybe like you know, it was a good sermon. Or, yeah, welcome, good sermon, whatever. No, she was hot. And she let me know real fast that Jesus prayed first, then he broke the bread, and that I better not do that in the wrong order again. And I just looked at her and I said, you know what? I just won't serve communion no more, and it won't be, a, it won't be an issue. Because <laughs> it wasn't an issue for me, but it sure was for her. Tradition. <laughs> we, get, we get stuck on this. It's like, and it's like some churches, you know, pastors are the only ones who can do the baptisms. Mm-hmm. And and that, that it's just it's or cr- can pray over yeah. communion. Yeah, right. we can pray over communion or do the communion meditations and, and stuff like that. There, there's all kind of traditions even in today's churches, mm-hmm. not just with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and and the re- religious leaders back in Jesus' day. They're they're still going on even even today. And so, <laughs> I think what the heart of the problem is is what it, Jesus is going to cover it. Um, because he he replies to them, he says, "You hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts far are me. far from me. Their worship is a farce." This is New Living Translation. I like that word. Mm-hmm. What what does your say in verse seven? Uh, the New Living Translation. I meant the non-inspired version, the NIV. They worship me in vain. They worship their me teachings in vain. are rules taught by men. Okay. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. All right. New Living Translation says their worship is a farce, for they teach uh, man-made ideas as commands from God. In other words, they they have taken the commandments from God. They have uh, uh, well, I lost my word. Well, they call it com- not convert. Where they take God's command. I was saying it a while ago, and my mind's gone blank. They, they've taken God's command and they've made their own interpretation of it and they've made that the law. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus is saying here. They teach man-made ideas as commands from God, like washing your hands mm-hmm. or, or washing your plates before you eat the ceremonial cleansing. Mm-hmm. And Jesus even says, he said, that's just one example of many that they do. And he says, for you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. So the bottom line is the hearts wasn't right. Jesus said that when he uses that passage from Isaiah. Mm-hmm. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So, 
They didn't care about God. They claimed to. They looked the part. But they, they didn't really care about God. Nor did they care about people. And you remember when that guy came, to the, 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 the Pharisee sent that man in one time, the, the expert of the religious law, mm-hmm. or the, the law, and said, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Yeah, love and your then neighbor as love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and it's obvious that they, they, they didn't do that. And Jesus just hit them where it hurts. They pretended to love God. They looked like they loved God, but they didn't love God. And they sure didn't love the people. And that's what Jesus is going to point out. Can you read verses 9 through 13? Yeah. And he continued, You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, Honor your father and mother. And anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. All right, that, that comes from Exodus uh, 21, 17 and Leviticus 20, verse 9. And, but honor your father and mother is, is the fifth commandment mm-hmm. of the Ten Commandments. So God, Jesus is saying, look, here's God's commandment. Honor your father and your mother. And that's, as a matter of fact, that's the, the commandment that comes with the promise. Mm-hmm. Right? For, what does it say? You're, you're, you'll says, live longer or something? Yes, you will live long in the land. Yeah. So, uh, hold on, Shelby. Uh, Moses gave you this law from God. Honor your father and your mother. And anyone who speaks disrespectfully, this is a New Living Translation, a father or mother must be put to death. And like I said, it comes from Exodus 21, 17. That's a pretty harsh punishment. You disrespect your mom or your dad, you die. All you Grinded Podcast listeners, I know you enjoy some good music, but I want to tell you about some awesome music. Now, my friend, Mary Gamboa, she's also the worship leader at the church where I worship, called Authentic Church here in Alcoa, Tennessee. We'd love to invite you to come out and check us out sometime when you get a chance. Start at 10 a.m. And we're on Lindsay Street here in Alcoa. Mary has produced a new album called Jealous. And you can check that out anywhere music is being streamed. But you can also check it out at marygamboamusic.com. That's Mary G A M B O A music.com. Go check that out. That's what God says. All right. Verse 11. Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. And you do many things like that. Yeah, see, so here, this perfect example. Here's God's commandment, honor your father and your mother. And if you disrespect them, you die. But the Pharisees were saying, hey, it's all right to tell your parents, hey, sorry, I can't help you because this belongs to God and I got to give this to God. And so they know that their parents have a need they know the fifth commandment says honor your father and your mother. Mm-hmm. But here they are ignoring their parents in order to keep their traditions. And they're telling the people it's okay to do the same thing. And uh, I like the way the New Living Translation puts it. He says you sidestep God's law in mm-hmm. order to hold on to your own tradition. You sidestep it. And over and over and over again in the Gospels, 
Jesus tells these parables that, that show just how bad these religious leaders like the Pharisees and the Sadducees are and how their hearts are far from God. Mm. They're more worried about... Like, your disciples are out there in the in the field breaking grain. Mm-hmm. They're shucking. They're working. Yeah, they're working they're on the working Sabbath. On the Sabbath, and Jesus says, "Which one of you don't go and rescue your ox out of the ditch on the Sabbath?" You know, he's saying you're just as guilty. Right. So these these religious leaders, in particular the Pharisees here, they 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 fooled a lot of people because like the the disciples even. They would marvel at the Pharisees, and and at one point I can't remember which which one. It, maybe it was in John. I can't remember, but they say, "Hey, Jesus, you're you're making the Pharisees mad by what you're saying. Do you not recognize what you're doing?" And what? <laughs> Jesus, is like, and <laughs> 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 so the, the, my point. They they fool a lot of people. They they look the part. They sound the part. I mean, listen to their prayers. Listen to how long they pray. Listen to how eloquent their their prayers are. I've said a lot through the years. You can't be mad at a blind man for being blind. Right. You know, sometimes we hold to what we know because it's what we know. It's what we are acquainted with. It's what we're familiar with. You know, if um, someone has only experienced um, communion with God in a certain context... And can't even conceptualize moving it out of that context, then it's hard to be mad at them because they have only experienced it in this one context. Right. But that's where sometimes we in the body of Christ become divisive. Well, because you don't do it this way, I'm going to start my own. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to go start my own church. I'm going to start my own Bible study. I'm going to start my own ministry or whatever. It happens all the time. And there's there's nothing wrong with, hey, God told me to start this ministry. God, you know, but if it's just because you know, I was part of them. Sister Red Lips, um, you know, Bible study, and I didn't like the way that she broke the bread and then prayed. She should have pink lips and red lips. I mean, right. I mean, there were all kinds of things that we can become divisive over, right? But you can't be mad at people for only knowing what they know. Right. I mean, because how many of those um, didn't know any different? That's how they perceived and saw a closeness with God. Even though we can look at it and go, gosh, there's so much more. Mm -hmm. There's so much more to intimacy with God than just the outward ritual. Which is the problem the Pharisees, they didn't have the intimacy. They they knew about God. They they could spit the law. They could spit the word of God because they had the phylacteries, you know, on their Mm -hmm. forehead, on their forearm, on their foreheads. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they knew the law. They knew the word. They knew the Psalms. They knew what the prophet said. They didn't know the God of Mm -hmm. the word. It's like when when um, Samuel was first called, right? You know, he's he's Eli. serving under Eli, mm-hmm. and he he goes to bed, and God calls him in the middle of the night. And what does Samuel do? He gets up and runs to the priest, Eli, and he says, "You call me? You call me?" And he's like, "No, I didn't call you. Go back to bed." Yeah, you know, and that happens multiple times before Eli realizes. Oh, wait a minute. That's God. Maybe that's God talking to the boy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should say, here I am, Lord. Yeah. I'm your servant and I'm ready to listen. <laughs> you know, 
But but even Eli, as a priest in the temple, had been been so distanced. Yeah, because of his right, because of his because of his lifestyle, or because of his rituals, because of his traditions, he had been so distanced from intimacy with God. Oh wait, God does still speak. Oh yeah, maybe it's God's voice. Right. I think Shelby's got something. What you got? Yeah. Part one. Matt Chandler. Revelation from Matt Chandler. Yeah, well, he was quoting about the Bible Belt. It was mm. gospel without depth. Mm. God, yeah, the Bible Belt, the South is gospel without depth. Yeah. Because, and, and this is, okay, so like the church I preached at in the in Burnsville, North Carolina, in the mountains, right? So mm. you see this a lot, especially in East Tennessee, in, in the mountainous area, is, uh, you know, well, in, in the South particular, well, you kind of alluded to it earlier. Well, grandma's faith got passed down to their their children's faith, and, and then they had children, and it just got kept getting passed down. And mm-hmm. So, you know, it gets down passed down to two or three generations. Well, these people don't have their own faith. They got grandma and grandpa's faith, or they got their mom and daddy's faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there and there's no there's no depth because they don't open the word of God and read it for themselves and study it for themselves. They just listen to some preacher and take his word for it. And assume that it's just true. Yeah. Lord help us. Yeah. And and that's and that, that's how a lot of these tradition. Tradi- well, you know, you cut the end of the ham off just because it wouldn't fit in your wood stove, and the wood stove hadn't been used for thirty years, mm-hmm. forty years. We're using modern day ovens that are huge, and the ham can fit in it, but you're still cutting the end off. Why? Why we don't know. <laughs> well, well, why? It's just what Granny did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so I've gotten written in my notes, we have to be cautious that our worship, right, it, that it does not become tradition. Mm-hmm. And you, you see this in churches even today that the worship service, it's just tradition. It's the same thing week after week after week. You know what's going to happen. You know they're going to sing this amount of songs. They're going to pray then. They're going to do communion then. The preacher's going to get up and preach a four-point, three or four-point sermon, maybe five and you're going to sing an invitation song, and you're going to go home. And it's you know, the people are going to greet. You know, it, it, one fast song, two medium. Yeah. One slow song that's hand raising time. Yeah. And then somebody's going to release a word. Yeah, because we always right? do it like this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and we and it's what we were saying a while ago. It, well, we always done it like this. We always do it like this. So why change it? And and I say, well, hey, well, look at Jesus. What did Jesus do? The people were marvel. They marveled at his teaching because he 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 come along, and and he says, "Well, I know Moses said this to you, but I'm saying this to you." Mm-hmm. He broke the traditions. But he could do that because he wrote the law to begin with, right? But Jesus is basically saying, "Look, God's not interested in your traditions. What God's interested in, it, He's interested in your heart. He's inter- interested in your heart." And when I was uh, Studying for this podcast this evening, I thought about Amos 5, uh, 21 through 23, because the mm. Jews in Judaism, you know, they had all these, the, the feast days, and they had all these rituals that they did, which God commanded, so I understand why they did it and everything. But the problem with the Jews, even in the Old Testament, was it became tradition. It became mundane. They, mm-hmm. their, heart, their hearts weren't in it. They were just doing it out of routine. And God kept sending these prophets in and warning them and warning them. They'd become wicked. They got, you know, they started intermingling with the people, following after false gods because they got bored. With they, basically, what they were trying to do was go through their 
religious duties and 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 also uh, hang out with the pagan world or whatever, however you want to word right. that. Right. I mean, you look back at verse 6. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Yeah, which is coming from Isaiah, mm-hmm. which was written to the Jews back then, but Jesus is pulling it out to talk about the Pharisees. All right, talk about Amos 5. Yeah, well, Amos 5, God tells the Jews, this is, this is one of the warnings when they're about to go into captivity, when he's going to allow the Babylonians to come in and destroy them because they won't repent. But God says in Amos 5, 21 through 23, through the prophet Amos, he says, I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not even listen to the music of your harps. And that's just part of that. I mean, Mm -hmm. it goes on and on and on. But the, the even they were God's uh, the apple of God's eye. He, mm-hmm. The Jews were His chosen people in the Old Testament, right? And He, he says, "Look, I'm, you're just going through the motions. Your heart, your heart's not in it." But the Lord corrects us mm-hmm. because well, He, tried he to loves them. us, right? Because because He's a good Father and because He loves us, He corrects us. So even when we are the apple of His eye, when we are out of line. As a loving father, he will correct us. Um, and honestly, you know, my the song on the Jealous album called The Fear of the Lord, that was kind of the, the gist of that song. Mm-hmm. It was all of these intense rebukes that the Lord lays out in Isaiah and Amos and several other scriptures where he's like, get that away from me. I won't even listen to it. You're pouring out your heart, but your heart is like stone cold. (laughs) I don't even know you. Get it away from me. And, um, And it's just like we as a people need the fear of the Lord. Right. And not just a, ah, I'm scared he can zap me with a lightning bolt. The respect. But an awe, a reverence for him, mm-hmm. a, a, an honest regard for, for his power, for his might, for his holiness. Um, Which is what the Pharisees were lacking. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, but born out of a, balanced with a, a personal relationship with right. him. Yeah. Not just a God who is far off that will zap me with a lightning bolt when I do something wrong and then step into a church, right? Mm. <laughs> How many times have you heard that, right? Yeah. yeah. If I walk in that church building, God strike me dead. I know, right? Or the dead. whole place will be on fire. By you the know? way, you can listen to her album at marygamboamusic.com. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, God wants us to know him, to respect him, to fear him, to love him, but out of a relationship that is personal and intimate. Yeah, which the Pharisees didn't have, except for a few, like Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea. We know that's mm-hmm. at least two. Mm-hmm. Well, Joseph, uh, Nicodemus came to him by night. Right. And there's probably a few more that we don't know about, but it wasn't very many. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is going to call the crowd... Uh, He's going to swap gears a little bit because basically what he's going to do is get everybody's attention. And he's going to point out that these Pharisees, are they've they got to get their hearts right. The people themselves have to get their hearts right if they want to follow God. Because that, that that's the heart of the matter. Get that? See what I did there? The heart of the matter? 
with their hearts. Okay, okay. <laughs> Shall we read verses 14 and 15? Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. Yeah, so this is a direct slap in the face to these religious leaders and the Pharisees. Because the people have relied on their teachings for a long time, right? In these synagogues. Mm -hmm. They go and they sit in the the seat of Moses and they teach with authority. So they thought, and the people were just clinging on to their every word and and they're teaching the people their traditions instead of really the law of God. And Jesus is saying, that's what you're teaching these people, your your traditions and trying to make it binding on them. Um, And he says, you know, your hearts are not right. You You gotta correct that. And so Jesus and his disciples want to get away from the crowd and they go in this somebody's house. It doesn't say whose house, but they go in a house. So Shelby, read verses 18 through 23 because the disciples are going to say, dude, what are you talking about? And so Jesus gets a little bit upset with them. <laughs> he says, you don't understand either? And so he, 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 he tries to explain it to them. Are you so dull, he asks, don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach, and then out of the body. In saying this, Jesus declared all food. So in other words, what he's saying there is you're going to eat, it's going to be digested, and you're going to take a dump and get rid of it. Do you have to go there? Yeah, that's what he said. Okay. (laughs) It's waste. He went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. What? Not out of the rear end? No, their heart. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. Not what goes in, it's what comes out. And where, where does it come out? The heart of the matter, which is the heart. Right, well... I think you interrupted her a few minutes ago when she was reading. Thus he declared all foods ritually clean. Right. Right. Because the traditions and and some of it handed down from the Lord, right? Yeah. He had given them Don't eat pork. They Don't right. Eat he had given shrimp. them dietary laws. And we see for, now from even a scientific viewpoint Pig. about why you would or why you would not eat um certain animals right right um but by this jesus declared all foods ritually clean that was huge for them right because so many of those right so many of those things that you just named were totally off the menu and and even now for a lot of orthodox uh people who are following judaism they still don't, they don't touch those things. And, and it's not just not Jews either, right? It's um, even other, other religions and other sects have um, rules about what they will and what they won't consume. <clears throat> right? But Jesus is here declaring it's not what goes into you that makes you unclean. It's what comes out of you. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to balance that with, we were talking about this a little while ago. What you put in will come out, right? If you put the Word of God in, that is what will come out Mm -hmm. of you. Mm -hmm. 
when you're pressed, when you are in the wine press, when you're in the oil press of life, if you have put the word of God in you, guess what's going to come out? If all you have put in you is worldly understanding, guess what's going to come out? Mm-hmm. Garbage in, garbage out, right? Yeah. If all you have put in you is uh, TV shows and video games and Snapchat and TikTok and, you know, whatever's on Facebook or, you know what I'm saying? Just the, the things of this world. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to come out. Yeah, which is what he lists here. Evil right. thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceitful. Or deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. It's worldly stuff. All these things come from within because that's what's been planted mm. on the inside. Yeah. So it's, it, so it's important that we're in the Word. Yeah. Psalm 1. Right. The one right. who delights in the law of the Lord day and night is like the tree that's planted by the river. It bears fruit every season. Right. If you, if you don't ever ingest the word, how do you expect to survive? I mean, if you only eat a physical meal once a week, how do you expect to survive and thrive and grow? You can't. No, you'd be starving. Eventually, you'll be malnourished. Eventually, you'll die from lack of nourishment. Um, and how much more... The word of God. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what kind of what Jesus is getting at here because he, he tells them, you ought to be teaching these people the word of God. You ought to be leading these people to God. And he even tells them, he says, you make a convert, you make them twice the son of hell. Mm-hmm. Because you're not leading them to God. You're leading them away from God. You're not teaching the word of God. You're teaching them your traditions. You're making your traditions more stronger and more binding than the word of God. Mm-hmm. And so you're, the people are malnourished because of your teachings. Right. And how many during this day and time were not literate? Yeah, a lot. Couldn't, couldn't read it on their own. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you handed them a scroll, they couldn't decipher what was on it. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, that's what the Torah school was for, at least for young males. Um, that was where they learned to read, and that was where they learned to memorize the word and recite it. Well, there's a reason why when Peter and John before the Sanhedrin, after the Holy Spirit fell on them, they said these guys, these fishermen are unlearned and ignorant men. How are they able to do this kind of stuff? We're the teachers of the law. We're we're the ones who've been studying God's law for years and years and years and teaching mm-hmm. it. How are they doing this kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. Because their hearts were right. And they're full of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so these reli- these religious leaders, in particular the Pharisees, because that's what Jesus is pointing out in this chapter, they basically played church. They played uh, a religious game. They knew the law. They knew the law well. They knew about God. But their problem is they didn't know God. Mm-hmm. They did not have a right relationship with the God that they claim to know and serve and love because they didn't love him. They loved themselves. They were in it for selfish gain. They were very rich, by the way. So, anything you want to add? Hmm. Lord, help us to be those who are hungry to know you 
and to truly live out the word and not just to have the traditions of men. Yeah. Mm. You want prayer? Is that your prayer? Thank you, Father. Break down our traditions and the religious laws that, that we've come up with, or that we've instituted ourselves. Anything that's not you and that's not full of your life, Lord, expose those things and break those down because we want you. We want your word. We want your revelation. We want to understand and know you personally. So show us the things in our lives where we have succumbed to the traditions of man rather than following the word of God. And thank you, Father, that you're, you're faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness when we ask. So show us what it is so that we can confess and repent. And then help us, give us strength to walk in a manner that's worthy of you. That you would be proud to call us um, brothers and sisters, children of God, friends of the Most High. Lord, we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Tradition! Tradition! Keep running. Thanks for listening to the Grounded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegroundedpodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grounded Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.